0: Hey YA sponsored by BookRite Insiders. Have you tried out Bookwrite Insiders? If not, your time is now. It's our resource specifically designed for our fellow book nerds, and you can try it for free for two weeks. There are different levels available so you can decide which perks you want, from a monthly behind-the-scenes newsletter to exclusive podcasts and giveaways. And speaking of perks, we've got a new release index curated by resident Reader Liberty Hardy so you can see the most exciting new books coming out in the next few months. Check it out and sign up for your 14-day free trial at insiders.bookriot.com. Welcome to Hey YA, from great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith. We are recording on Thursday, August 15th, 2019, and this is a very special episode because it's episode number 50 and it's our second anniversary.
1: Yay! It's so funny, because when you said, uh, it's a very special episode, it kind of sounded like, you know, like a Saturday morning special where we're gonna learn about something awful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) More like, more like listeners are gonna learn about something awesome.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Because we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep the chit-chat to a, to a minimum this time, because... Eric and I have something really special for our listeners today that we have been planning for this episode for a while now, and in order not to go over our time limit for the show, we've got to jump right in. It's our 50th episode and our second anniversary. Can you believe it?
1: 50? Where does the time even go? I don't understand.
0: It goes to books is where it goes. (laughs) To celebrate 50 episodes. Eric and I are going to give you 50 flash recommendations for 50 backlist YA books. So these are going to be super quick pitches in a couple sentences for books that were published a year ago or longer that we hope you pick up.
1: 50 so each of us, books. Oh I know.
0: I know. So each of us are going to talk about 25 and we're going to break them up into five book blocks. Um, as always, because I know listeners always comment that they wish they could keep up with the titles we talk about quicker. Um, all these titles will be available in the show notes on Book Riot's website. So if you miss something, if you're listening to this in the car, you're doing you know whatever chores you do while you're listening, and don't have paper or pen or your phone to like quickly look up the title, it will all be written down for you, so you can grab them. Um, and I'll have the list in order of how we read it, so no worries about keeping up. Um, yeah, so so shall we? I I mean, you're physically sweating. I you know. am.
1: I'm 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 sweating over here. I've, I'm. It's. Oof. Let's let's go.
0: <laughs> I know this is this is gonna be great. Um, but before we dive in, let's hit our first sponsor, which is No Ivy League by Hazel Newlevant from Roar, the White imprint of Lion Forge. When 17-year-old Hazel takes a summer job clearing ivy from the forest in Portland, Oregon, the only plan is to earn some cash to put toward concert tickets. Homeschooled, affluent, and sheltered, Hazel soon finds working side-by-side with at-risk teens to be eye-opening. This uncomfortable and compelling memoir is an important story of a teen's awakening to the racial insularity of the upper class, the popular white The Power of White Privilege and the Hidden History of Segregation in Portland. Hazel started writing their memoir, No Ivy League, five years after the events that inspired it, and as it releases this year, it will have been a decade in the making. No Ivy League focuses on a pivotal summer in Hazel's life. Having been homeschooled, 17-year-old Hazel was sheltered, and her summer job clearing ivy from a local forest in Portland, Oregon exposed her to working alongside teens from diverse backgrounds and values. The graphic novel memoir serves as a journey of self-discovery and urges readers to examine their own lives and move forward with compassion. You can find Hazel Neulevin's memoir, No Ivy League, in shops now. Eric.
1: Let's dive in.
0: Let's do it. You can go first.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, So first up on my backlist titles you should read is Hero by Perry Moore. Uh, My first backlist pick is also my favorite young adult novel of all time. Uh, I I can't believe this book came out in 2007. Um, uh, It just kind of blows my mind. Anyway, it's the story (laughs) of a teen uh, who was raised in a household where his father uh, hates superheroes. It is set in a a superhero world. Uh, And then our teen discovers he has powers. So not only does he have to come out to his family about his abilities, uh, but also his sexuality. Uh, It's a geeky, just layered, amazing book that I talk about uh, all the time. And that's Hero by Perry Moore. And, uh, oh, yeah, we're doing five episodes. We're doing five book blocks. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. next uh, is Born Confused by Tanuja Desai uh, Iede. Uh, it's a book about an Indian teen named Dimple who has to navigate the uh, challenges of not feeling American enough uh, and not feeling Indian enough in a YA contemporary about trying to figure out where you fit in. Uh, this came out in 2002, and a sequel uh, was published in 2014 called Bombay Blues, something Kelly and I talked about uh, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next pick is Proxy by Alex London. Uh, I'm so excited that a new generation of YA readers are discovering London, thanks to uh, the very excellent Black Wings beating, uh, but his proxy duology from 2013 isn't to be missed. Uh, it's about a wealthy teen who has a proxy, who is someone who takes all of his punishments, including getting, uh, well, you know, kicked around a whole bunch, uh, until the two of them discover just how much they have in common, and maybe there's a way out of this life. Uh, my next pick is uh, The Afterlife by Daniel Arefret. Um I know I've talked about Daniel and his novels before on here. Um, he's an editor at Soho Teen. Uh, the Afterlife is one of his earlier books from 2006 and one of those very rare college YA books. And mm. in 2006, um, mm. it's about a 19-year-old teenager on a road trip uh, to go to his estranged father's funeral uh, with a number of his half-siblings. And, of course, hijinks ensue <laughs> on, on said road trip. <laughs> Uh, and the last one in this block is Uglies by Scott Westerfeld. Uh, set in a world where when you come of age, you undergo surgery to become uh, pretty. Uh, you live a life of partying and excess. But what if you don't want that? What if you don't trust the system in place and it's time to challenge it? Uh, if you love Danielle Clayton's The Bells, which of course you did, uh, here's another great book that digs into <laughs> appearance and beauty standards.
0: Whew, you did that pretty flawlessly. you You're trying. All right. All right. I'm going in for my first five. Let's do this. So my first one is All That I Can Fix by Crystal Chan. Uh, A big storm causes animals to break loose from the zoo, and the main character in this story is struggling with his father's depression, as well as the desire to fit in uh, to a small Indiana town as a mixed-race teen, and also, you know, trying to save these animals. Uh, It's really moving and heartfelt and ridiculous in the best possible way. Uh, that is All That I Can Fix by Crystal Chan. My second book is Big Fat Manifesto by Susan Vaught, who is wildly underrated as a YA author, and she's been doing this for a long time. But this particular book is about a fat teen journalist who is writing editorials for her school newspaper about why being fat isn't a big deal. So she breaks down the assumptions and beliefs people have about fat folks and does this. um, Writing as a means of finding her way to a college scholarship because she wants to be a journalist when she grows up. The third book in this block that I've got is Apple in the Middle by Dawn Quigley which is uh, about a girl named Apple who, when she was called a racial slur, decided she would turn away from her native heritage. But uh, one summer, she's given the opportunity to spend time with her mother's Ojibwe family in the Turtle Mountain area in North Dakota, and she discovers a side of herself that she really, really honors and and sort of is able to get in touch with her native heritage in a way she couldn't after the um, death of her mother. My fourth book is Hey, Why Favorite Amy Spaulding, and it's the new guy. Uh, Jules, our main character, is a type A, get it done, like eyes on the prize type of girl until she is forced to introduce this new cute guy to her school and sort of service his um, partner to getting to know the school that ends it out to the school. Um, Now she's competing with him because that's the kind of person she is. And that includes some competitive, passive-aggressive dog-walking. And then also <laughs> falling deeply in love.
1: It is also a favorite of mine, the passive-aggressive dog-walking.
0: I know. I know. I think it's my favorite Amy Spaulding. Me too. My fifth pick in this one is Finding Yvonne by Brandy Colbert, which I think is her most underrated book, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, Yvonne is our main character. She's been playing violin for forever, but she doesn't want to pursue violin in her future, and she's sort of at this crossroads uh, her senior year trying to figure out like, what she's going to do after high school. She meets this guy, and he helps her discover this passion for baking, and she's able then to break out of the mold she has sort of built for herself, and then there's an unexpected pregnancy that arises, and she is again at this crossroads trying to figure out what to do with her life. Do you want to hit our second sponsor before I we go on to our next block?
1: So our next sponsor is a book I really want to read. Uh, the, <laughs> the Undoing of Thistle Tate by Ka- Caitlin Detweiler from Holiday House. Famous teen author Thistle Tate struggles to keep her biggest secret, the real identity of the author of her best-selling books. As her last book deadline looms closer, the stakes get higher and higher, and starting a family truth comes to light. It's only a matter of time before something gives, and Thistle's world becomes undone. For fans of Rainbow Rowell and E. Lockhart, this Y is the perfect summer read for teen bookrooms everywhere, with a love triangle, an insider's look to the publishing world, and one very devoted dog. Chock full of behind-the-scenes info on the publishing world for aspiring writers, Thistle, ah, Thistle deals with lit agents, editors, book tours, dedicated fans, and malicious book bloggers. <laughs> oh boy. All right. <laughs> the author, Caitlin Detweiler, is a lit agent herself, so she really knows what she's talking about here. Uh, despite the novel's unusual presence, Thistle's story is universal. We've all hurt someone we've loved, and we've all been stuck in a lie. Her decisions just have more dramatic consequences. <laughs> I really want to read that book. That sounds. I've, <laughs>
0: I've read some of this author's previous way and love them, and this one sounds like a blast. Especially for anybody who has, like, any interest in publishing or, like, any stake in the publishing
1: world. Yes, like, why Younger is, like, my favorite TV show. Even though so much of it is wrong, I love it (laughs) so much.
0: Did you see, and, like, not to aside here, but did you see that the uh, creator of Younger is having a YA book out (gasps) next year?
1: Oh, my God, really?
0: Yeah. We Um,
1: are getting them on the podcast.
0: (laughs) We totally should. Um, And she's, like, writing the uh, screenplay for the adaptation of that book too so that's like a whole other level of kind of cool
1: oh boy all right i cannot wait okay (laughs) next block uh so number six for me is side effects may vary by julie murphy uh yes dumpling is a treasure of a novel but did you know julie murphy had a book before well, of course you did. You're listening to this YA podcast, but just <laughs> in case you didn't, uh, in side effects, we meet a teen who is diagnosed with leukemia, goes on a bucket list-esque revenge spree, and then has to deal with the fallout when she goes into remission. Um, and it's funny because I feel like there've been a lot of movies and TV shows with similar plots like years after this book has come out. Um, so Julie is a little ahead of her time. Um, mm-hmm. Next up for me is uh, Audrey Wait by Robin yeah. Benway. Uh, when a teen's Uh, When a teen girl's ex-boyfriend becomes a rock star and writes a hit song about her, she has to wrestle with the fallout of pseudo-fame. So if you like Blair Thornburg's Who's That Girl or the song Hey There, Delilah by The Plain White (laughs) Seas, this book is for you. Uh, Next up is Little Brother by Cory Doctorow. Uh, It's kind of wild to me that a book that feels so wildly timely right now came out. Uh, a decade ago, mm-hmm. um, a teen hacker gets swept up in a terrorist attack that hits San Francisco uh, and is accused of having something to do with it. The uh, Department of Homeland Security creates a practical police state, uh, and he'll have to fight back uh, against all that's going on and to uh, to save his friend. Uh, next is Tyrell by Booth. We read this together here on yes. uh an episode something um, <laughs> in the book. We meet Tyrell, uh, a black teen boy wrestling with poverty, anger, money, just and just not wanting to end up like his father. Uh, it's a book that talks really frankly about sex and drugs and was just such an intense book. Uh, and I'm very grateful. Kelly made me read it. <laughs> Uh, next uh, is This Is Not a Test by Courtney Summers. Speaking of books that Kelly made me read, uh, Courtney Summers' earlier uh, novel is a YA about a zombie uprising. But at its heart, uh, it's about the characters who are trying to survive it, locked inside a gym, wrestling with their own demons. The zombies almost don't matter. It's kind of like the premise of The Walking Dead, only a lot better because it's by Courtney Summers. <laughs>
0: Uh, My next five, I'm going to start with creepy myself, since we're, you know, kind of thematically linked (laughs) there. Uh, My first pick in this block is Frost by Marianna Bear, which I don't think enough people have read. And it is the creepiest YA story I have ever read. uh, And one of the few that I did not know how it was going to end. So it's a story about a girl named Lena who's excited to have a room in this off-campus house her senior year of boarding school until she has an unexpected roommate. Or, as it turns out, maybe many unexpected roommates. Mm. My next pick is 500 Words or Less by Julia Del Rosario. This one is going to be made into a film. Um, And it's a story about a girl named Nick who has a bit of a reputation at her school. And to combat this reputation, she decides she'll begin selling her services to write college admissions essays for her classmates. Of course, along the way, Nick gets to know more about herself than she ever expected, and this is a verse novel, so it goes really quickly. My next pick is Noteworthy by Riley Redgate. What happens when a girl who wants to be an actress at a private arts high school doesn't get the role her junior year in part because of her deep voice? Well, she tries out for the all-male a cappella group dressed as a boy, but when she gets into the group, one which has a really long legacy at the school, shenanigans ensue. <laughs> My ninth pick is When I Was the Greatest by Jason Reynolds, and this is his debut. Um, and it's worth visiting if you haven't already. I was looking at the Goodreads reviews, and there are so few reviews for this book. I was kind of surprised. Um, Ollie lives in a rough neighborhood, but he doesn't get messed up in the drugs or the violence um, because he's, he's got this great best friend named Noodles, and his best friend's brother, named Needles, who has Tourette. So the three of them are super tight. But then the three of them get into some trouble that they never anticipated. And so it's about how they navigate being in this tough neighborhood and wanting to not get involved in any of the situations that make their neighborhood uh, why What makes their neighborhood to be a tough one to be in. Um, and this one involves knitting. A dude knitting. I loved it. I loved it. Um, and then my last one for this. Block of uh, recommendations is 172 Hours on the Moon by Johan Harsted. So, three teens are being selected to go to the moon as part of NASA's attempt to regain funding and to rebuild their program. They choose teens since those teens aren't going to remember what happened the last time there was a mission to the moon. As soon as they get to the moon, though, things go really bad really quick, and we're not just talking about the fact the power's out or that their oxygen is about to disappear. They are not alone on the moon.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of complicated trips to other planets, uh, (laughs) my next pick is Across the Universe by Beth Revis. It's a YA dystopian space opera genre blend, and I love it. Uh, A ship is on its way across the universe. See, there's the title. Uh, With all of its passengers sleeping while the crew works, lives, and dies on the vessel. Uh, People live their lives on that ship. Uh, And there are three books. Get into them. Uh, Let's see Next up is uh, Fake ID by Lamar Giles We are big fans of his Here on the Mm -hmm. YA podcast And his first novel, an Edgar nominee Is a backlist book that deserves all the love And a movie adaptation Uh, A teen is investigating a murder No one's quite sure who he is Uh, There's some swooning, (laughs) etc Next is Beauty Queens by Libba Bray A plane full of beauty pageants Crashes on an island And we get to try to watch them survive Uh, This is kind of like Hey, YA catnip right here, and it's Mm -hmm. uh, one of Libba's older books, and it is wonderful. Um, Next up is one that I feel like isn't going to be backlist much longer, and that is Mm -hmm. Tiny Pretty Things by Sona Charipoja and Danielle Clayton. Um, So yeah, this is getting made into a Netflix TV show. Cannot Um, wait. And it's so funny because usually when you see a book is announced that has been optioned uh it's like okay great maybe we'll see it maybe you won't but this one when it got announced it was like it's being optioned it comes out next year here's the cast Mm -hmm. here's all these it was the best announcement i've ever seen for an option so uh yeah there's gonna be a netflix tv show and goodness it's very deserved it is a ballet book full of backstabbing galore mean teens and a totally gripping story and there's two books it is a duology so i cannot wait to see this one get some new life next year uh, and then Three Day Summer by Sarvanas Tosh. Uh, I love a good YA historical, and this one is set during Woodstock in 1969. Romance at a music festival. Yes.
0: And timely, too, because this week is the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. So. Oh, yeah,
1: and it got canceled, didn't it? Didn't they cancel?
0: Well, do you remember how bad the 25th anniversary
1: oh, like, poor... take
0: on it was? So, like, it <laughs> wasn't super surprising. Um. My next pick, not to, like, kick Woodstock off of our our chat, but we could chat about that for hours. (laughs) Um, My next pick is Something Like Normal by Trish Dohler. So this is a story about a boy named Travis who comes back from a tour of duty, and he comes back to a family that is falling apart, to a relationship with a girl that is mm, struggling, to say the least, and... Maybe the biggest thing is Travis himself is struggling with PTSD and the loss of his best friend in combat. Uh, It's a romance and takes on mental health in a really, really smart way. This Impossible Light by Lily Myers is my next pick. This is a verse novel that takes on eating disorders in a really, really powerful and moving way. Lily Myers wrote that slam poem that everybody knew, um... Shrinking Women a few years back and this is her first YA novel. It was great. Um, my next pick is YA nonfiction, and it's called The Borden Murders by Sarah Miller. If you, like me, are obsessed with The Borden Murders or you know nothing about them, this book is such a gem. Uh, it's one of the best books that digs into what we do and especially what we do not know about the brutal deaths of Lizzie Borden's mother and father. And uh, I've read most of the books on this topic because I'm fascinated by it. And even after reading this, I still don't know where I stand and whether she did it or not, which I kind of like. I kind of like not knowing. Uh, My next pick is Dream Country by Shannon Gibney. And this is an incredible story of a family impacted by the African diaspora. So the book is told in a really non-linear fashion, seen through the eyes of one of the contemporary members of the family. We begin in Minneapolis today with a boy named Kali, whose parents send him back to the land from where he was a refugee, which is Liberia. And then from there, we travel back to family that grew up in Liberia, then back even further to family which had been uh, indentured servants in the U.S. prior to the Civil War. And then their freedom, which came when they left the US and headed back to Liberia. We then uh moved to the parents of Coley and why they why they endured uh in Liberia. It's an epic family story that reminded me a lot of homegoing for anybody who read that adult literary fiction from a few years ago. This is sort of the YA take on a similar yeah. family saga. And then my last book in this section is A Season of Daring Greatly by Ellen Emerson White. It's about a girl named Jill who's at the end of her high school baseball career. And she's being chased by some really big, impressive colleges and the major leagues. So when she's a third draft-round pick... Jill knows she's in it for the big leagues. And more, she knows she's making history as the first woman in professional baseball. So this is a story about her experiences navigating the tricky terrain of like bro world sports uh, and being herself when she isn't the sort of happy-go-lucky and stereotypical uh, girl that people want or expect her to be.
1: Nice. Uh, all right, my turn. Uh, so <laughs> next on mine is Control by Lydia Kang, Uh sci-fi novel packed with a wildly memorable cast. Control is set in a dark future of genetic experiments and teens who get subjected to them and a girl who would do whatever it takes uh, to save her sister from dealing with the same... Uh, Then we have Silver Phoenix by Cindy Pon. Uh, Team discovers she has the ability to reach into other people's spirits, see their dreams, and all kinds of exciting stuff. She'll have to use her new gifts to save her kidnapped father from soul-stealing demons. Uh, and as you'll remember, I talked about WANT by Cindy Pond pretty <laughs> nonstop two years ago. Uh, next up is uh, An Infant Number of Parallel Universes by Randy Ribet. Uh We talked about this, I feel like, in the just last episode. Um, it's a novel that shifts POV from a bundle of teens in a splintering Dungeons & Dragons group. Uh, and you start <laughs> to learn why they aren't so close anymore and if there's room to get that magic back. Uh, you see all their individual struggles with family, love, life, uh, and it's just a super nerdy book with lots of hearts set in Philadelphia and Camden. Uh, next on my list is The Lost Girl by Sengu Mandana. So yes, full disclosure, I used to work with Sengu in my agent life, but not on this book, so I'm allowed to talk <laughs> about it, book police. Uh, <laughs> a teen girl exists as a copy of another there to replace the original if something happens. Uh, and when something does, she has to choose, be an original or be a copy. Uh, And then there's More Happy Than Not by Adam Silvera. There's a photo of me crying while reading this book (laughs) somewhere on the Internet. Thanks to my wife uh, live tweeting while I read it for the first time. Uh, It's set in a not too distant future with a teen who wants to use uh, sort of like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind-esque technology to forget that he's gay. Uh, It's devastating and amazing. uh, And then the debut of a, you know, pretty big deal author these days.
0: Yeah, for sure. That gets you to 20. All right, let me get to 20 now. Mm -hmm. All right, number 16 for me is Wrecked by Maria Padian. This is one of the best YA books on sexual assault and rape that I've ever read. It's told through the points of view of Haley, who is a soccer player. Uh, She's been benched due to her third concussion. And uh, roommate, Jenny, who was raped. Uh, she, she's Jenny's roommate. Jenny's not the other point of view. Um, And then Richard is the other point of view. He's the housemate of the boy who raped Jenny. And interspersed with the short vignettes of the events that actually went down that night, there's a story about who knows the truth, who gets to tell the truth, and the way that the truth can be confusing, challenging, and ultimately wield to best serve those in charge of determining it. This one's set uh at a college as well. So it's one of the older... YA books, uh, for people who are looking for those college-set books. Up to this point by Jennifer Longo is book number 17, and this is a ballet book. Uh, it's set in Antarctica. It's about friendship and family and what happens when you uh, what you dreamed about the future gets upended because that dream depends on another person buying into the same dream. Uh, also, it's set in Antarctica, which is like the coolest thing, literally. Um, my next pick is The Memory of Light by Francisco X. Stork and easily, easily the best mental health book uh, I've ever read, particularly about depression Uh, this is a story of what happens when Vicky our main character, she's Latina uh, when she wakes up in the hospital after a suicide attempt and it's about how she begins to find a way to move forward and to manage her mental health after hitting such a tremendous low We Are the Ants by Sean David Hutchinson is my next pick. Yeah, Uh, this is a story about a boy named Henry who keeps being abducted by aliens. And in this particular instance, he's told he has a whole 144 days to determine whether or not to press this magical button that would make the world... Be destroyed, so everything would be gone. Uh, and the book follows as Henry goes back and forth on making this decision, and it explores mental health, it explores grief, and it explores what our meaning is uh, to each other as well as to ourselves and to the planet more broadly. And then my final book in this batch is The Heartbeats of Wing Jones by Katherine Weber. It's set in 1995 Atlanta and features a half-black Half Chinese main character. Um, it's her name is Wing, and it's about her overcoming the challenge that happens when her super popular, beloved brother Marcus gets behind the wheel after he was drinking at a party and kills two innocent people. Um, yeah, so heavy stuff there. Um, one of the ways that Wing works through this is by running and one of the mornings that she is uh running really really early marcus's best friend sees her and he offers to train her potentially changing her life and helping her work through her feelings uh, forever and that is the heartbeats of wayne jones by katherine weber all
1: right uh, all right, it's my last five. Uh, <laughs> so I have Duel by Elsie Chapman. Uh, i definitely brought this up as an underrated book before. It's set in a world where everyone is a twin, and when you come of age, you have to fight that twin to the death. It's dark and strange and dystopian and sci-fi from one of my uh, favorite YA authors, and it's a, uh, it is a duology. Um, the dual duology. I love that. Um, next is, uh, The Secret of a Heart Note by Stacey Lee. Uh, this isn't super backlist, but I feel like it gets forgotten in Lee's amazing catalog of books. Uh, it's a why about a teen who essentially makes love potions. Uh, but if she falls in love, uh, she loses her power. Uh, next is uh, The Vigilante Poets of Selwyn Academy by Kate Atmer. Um, this is also like my favorite title for a YA book. I, think <laughs> I, love, I love this book. Um, when a reality TV show descends upon a prestigious art school, uh, the poets fight back. <laughs> <laughs> and this book is so much fun. Uh, reality TV, poetry, literature, it is great. Um, next is The Vicious Deep. I have Zorata Cordova. Um, so her take on mermaids made for one of my favorite YA trilogies. We have ocean monsters walking on their hind legs, swoony romance, family betrayal. Uh, there's lots of drama, and it is a lot of fun. Um, and then my last pick is uh, "The Sound of Us" by Ashley Poston, uh, a digitally o- a digital only book. Um, it's a YA about a teen who runs a music bar, her father's dream, uh, while neglecting her own. Uh, and then she meets the lead singer of a group that she absolutely hates, uh, but maybe she doesn't hate him for all that long. So it has, it has many of my favorite YA tropes all crammed into one. Uh, you know, forgetting your dream to cha- to do work on someone else's and a total, uh, we hate each other, but oh no, now we love each other, uh, story. <laughs>
0: So my final block of titles... And Eric, we're going to have time at the end to talk about something I'm so excited to talk with you Ooh. about very briefly. Yeah, we're, we're like, doing this. Uh, so anyway, title number 21 for me, The Truth Commission by Susan Juby. This is a hilarious book. It's a novel about sibling relationships, about art school, which is interesting commonality. I've seen it in a number of our recommendations. Art school, or, like, performing arts school. Um, this is about... Uh, storytelling and it's written like a narrative nonfiction from the voice of Norma D. Pale at the start of her senior year uh, at this art school. She should be a star. She's ready to like really have the time of her life but when her beloved and somewhat famous sister returns home from college in a really strange matter... Uh, Normandy realizes it's not going to be that way. I think Juby is wildly underrated in the U.S., and this book is a fabulous introduction to her humor. My next pick is Through the Woods by Emily Carroll. This is a perfectly creepy graphic novel. Um, I think it will appeal, especially to fans of scary stories to tell in the dark, but for uh, young adult readers, and it has equally terrifying art. Kiffy Kiffy Tomorrow by Fiza Gween is technically an adult novel, but it was published so early, um, well before its time, that I think if it were pub today, it would definitely be YA. Ooh. So if any publishers are out there and thinking about books bring back into print. This is one. It's about a 15-year-old girl named Doria. She is growing up in the projects outside of Paris, where she is dealing with a father who ditches her and her mother – uh, her mother is illiterate, and her father is going back to Morocco in order to attempt marrying a woman who can sire him a son. Uh, that's all that matters to him in his his culture. Um, this particular book deals with urban issues in a way that's really cross-cultural, and it's about the challenges of growing up between cultures and what it means to figure out who you are and what you do when your world's been blown apart. Uh, this book has such an amazing voice. And I think about this book a lot. Um, it reminds me a lot of Amelie Sarns. I love, I hate, I miss my sister. They'd be mm-hmm. nice. Um, read likes to one another. The Golden Day by Ursula Dubo- Dubarski uh, is my 24th pick. It's about 11 girls who went on a picnic with their teacher But 11 girls came back from the park without their teacher. So what happened to Miss Renshaw? Did Morgan, who was avoiding the war and lived in the park, and with whom Miss Renshaw was wildly smitten, happen to kill her? Or did they run off together into the vast lands of Australia? Why do the girls who went on this picnic have uh, decided to share collective silence over what they did or did not see that day in the cave? Uh, This is a take on a picnic at Hanging Rock. And it's called The Golden Day by Ursula Dubarowski. Then my final pick, I'm going to end with creepy because why not, uh, is The Waking Dark by Robin Wasserman, who, big YA name, she just did a big adult book a couple years back. Uh, But this is a horror book. It's a violent and dark story about human nature that starts with five people in the small town of Oleander, Kansas, who, to start... Decide to start killing everybody. Um, Of the five people who were taking part in what has been dubbed Killing Day, four were successful at taking themselves out in the end. Teenager uh, Cass was not, though. She now has this life sentence in prison, but one year after Killing Day, a giant tornado hits town and Cass is suddenly free. The story takes on issues of class, about rural America, about the way drugs and poverty have impacted rural America, and um, what desperation can do to people. Um, Again, dark, violent, but also super fascinating and immersive. And that is The Waking Dark by Robin Wasserman.
1: Wow, I need to read that one. Oh, you would love it. You would love it.
0: Uh, We did it. Yes, 50 books. Oh, boy. 50 books. In under fifty minutes, I thought it was gonna take longer, but we like we we ramped ramped it up and did it. What I wanted to talk about, Eric, though. And apologies to listeners who don't want to hear about this, but also I don't care. Eric, I read Hot Dog Girl.
1: Yay.
0: It was awesome. Welcome. I loved it.
1: Welcome to yeah. the club.
0: Yeah, it was, you know. There are so few books, I feel, that just, like, you walk away feeling good when mm-hmm. you finish them. And maybe maybe I say that because I come from a place where I really like dark stories, so I read a lot of them. Um, but this one was just... I walked away feeling so good. I just... Um, there is so much... Yeah.
1: That is the best. That makes me so happy.
0: I love these stories where teens are going to, like, save whatever this relic of their childhood is. Yes! And and, and there's something about it that it just, like, that's what this does. It's about, you know, uh, a local amusement park in rural America that, you know, the main character is going to save. And... um, Because
1: it makes me think of, like, the 80s movies from, like, our childhood.
0: Yeah! (laughs) And maybe maybe that's what it is. It's got this sort of, like, real classic nostalgia to it. Yeah. Um without being nostalgic. You uh, know, old
1: man Jenkins is gonna close down the 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 youth center. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And it's so important because we all grew up with it and this is all we have. Because um the other thing I love is they're rural and we don't see enough of like real rural teens in the way that like being rural is a thing. Like it takes them a long time to get to Target. (laughs) They have to go far to go to Target. And it's like those little things I'm just like ah this is what I love in his story because this is real and um, we just don't see it enough, you know?
1: Yeah, I cannot wait for her next book.
0: I know. Eric's like, I'm not going to talk about it anymore with you. <laughs> <laughs> Less people continue hey. to like point out Hot Dog Girl in every situation where <laughs> I am at, which is a real thing that happens.
1: <laughs> oh, so, well. All right. Well, we did it.
0: <laughs> we did it. Um Thanks to all of our listeners for celebrating with us, and we hope that somewhere in these 50 recommendations, you found your next favorite new read. Um, Thanks for tuning in this week. As always, if you have any feedback about the show, you could leave it on Apple Podcasts that lets us know how we're doing, and it also helps people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. You can follow me Kelly Jensen on Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars and you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and on Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. And we will talk to you again in 2 weeks probably with not 50 recommended
1: books. <laughs> Bye.